Thank you for tuning in to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. We pray this podcast blesses you as Pastor Calvin King delivers a message from God. These are the things that are damaging and tearing apart the body of Christ, uh, the churches. And I understand now why so many people, it's easy to leave a church. It's easy to get out of a church because of emotions. And if you don't watch your emotions, they will damage you and try to keep you where you're supposed to be or, or, or where it wants you to be. The devil wants to challenge you, and he challenges you through your emotions. That's why God said, above all else, guard your heart or guard your affections or emotions. Every issue of life flows out of it. Some people don't like you because of your emotions. Mm-hmm. They can't stand you, for a better term, because of your emotions. Because you're up and you're down. You're not level. You're not, you're not where they can, pin, they can pinpoint you. You know, you're letting your emotions run wild. And God wants you to be able to guard those or put some controls on them so that they don't mess up things that God has in your life. Your emotions can be so damaging till, till it can just really throw things off in your life. Our emotions are a gift from God. And I want you to understand that our emotions are a gift from God. He gave them to us for us to enjoy life. What God is really trying to get us to understand is that in our emotions, they are a blessing. I mean, could you imagine if you had no emotions at all, what you would be like? People would get, I mean, like I told you, it would be just like Dr. Spark. Everything would be pure logical and no emotion, no smiles, no nothing. That would be a boring person to be around. So God knows this, so he gave you emotions because he has emotions. But he wants you to do is try to control those emotions. Have you ever seen an emotional, hysterical person? Not too loud. But, you know, that person is hard to pinpoint or to deal with. And God does not want you to be hard to pinpoint or hard to deal with. He wants you in control because he is in control. There's a time when you ought to be able to say hallelujah. Say it now, hallelujah. Yeah, boy. <laughs> All right. So not only that, but God wants you to be, uh, to, to, to understand that these emotions can get out of hand. You can be a mess with yourself. And God knows that. So what he wants you to do is to be able to get in control of your emotions before you hurt somebody. Or before you hurt yourself. Now, I'm going to show you some things up here that I put down to help you uh, to be able to see what God wants you to do with your emotions. Because once you let them get out of control, they have the potential to hinder your walk with the Lord. And not only hinder your walk with the Lord, but it could damage other relationships. There's some of you all right now, you're in different relationships, and you don't know why people just... They don't like you. And because you can't see yourself, it's hard for you to figure out why they don't like you. There are some of you who, and I'm going to say some things today that I don't want you to get mad and leave, but there are some people who are close to you don't like you. They may not say it, but they just don't because the way you handle yourself. 
And God wants you to be able to handle yourself in a way that people can get along with you. They don't have to like you, but they ought to be able to get along with you. How many of you in here can tell when you get bent out of shape? How many can you honestly tell when you start going there? You know, I don't think I have sugar or nothing like that. But, you know, when I don't eat nothing, you know, people tell me, you need a sneaker. Y'all seen that commercial? Mm-hmm. You know, people get out of themselves when they when they they hungry and 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 that's kind of like me. So I always come in here early in the morning and get me a bite to eat before I face you. Because when I face you and I don't have nothing to eat, and then you rub me the wrong way, then I'm mad at everybody. So I don't want to be mad at everybody. So I know my weakness, I know my issue, so therefore I prepare for them. You, you didn't hear that, did you? See. You have some issues, but you won't prepare for them. You know you. You know if, if, if somebody don't let you sit on this right side of the seat, that we're going to have some problems all through service. So since you know that, you ought to come a little early so you can get your seat. So that everybody won't have to deal with your issues all through service. Do you understand where I'm coming from? So I want to help us with our emotions. I want to help us. So do y'all have the slides ready? Let's move to the second one. Go past that one. We have often been given as preachers, and we made a mistake of telling people and making people understand or think that once you get saved, everything's going to be all right. You know, you, you saved now. I, I, I done messed up. I done, and y'all just got to flow with me, all right? Uh you saved now, so you shouldn't have no issues. You ought to be all right. You accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You ought to be okay. But not only that, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. So definitely, you ought to be okay. Oh, get it delivered? Man, you get delivered and you all right. How many of you been through a deliverance class? Uh-huh. How many have been filled with the Holy Ghost? Well, I know you got saved, so why you still got these emotions, these damaged emotions, these issues? Point blank. Sometimes you're going to need a little bit more. You're going to need a little bit more of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't happen automatically. Just because you got saved, got filled with the Holy Ghost, and that you got delivered, it does not mean you're going to be able to handle yourself the way that you should. Baby, that's going to take some time and some effort and some Jesus in your life. Being filled with the Holy Ghost, there are people filled with the Holy Ghost still cuss people out. That's a you issue. That's not a Holy Ghost issue. That's a you issue. And God is not going to take control over you. If you want to cuss folks out, God is going to sit back and watch you do it. If you know that you go there and you waiting to go there, you're going to go there. You waiting on somebody to push that button or to do this. No, girl, don't push that button. Don't, don't, don't cross me. Well, you, you waiting on it. Rather than deal with yourself, and the devil going to definitely push you to that point where you're going to have to get ugly with yourself. God wants you to be able to handle your emotions and handle them the right way. And now that you know that by not getting delivered and all this stuff is not helping you, the truth is, there's, 
No quick cure for your emotional problems. Now, I'm not telling you to go sit on somebody's couch. I don't think it's that bad. What I believe is just you need to get used to some help. You need to talk to God a little bit more and calm yourself down. Now, me being an emotional person, and when I don't eat, I feel it. I know it. And then when people start telling me or looking, looking at me just, you know, you know, people, y'all, y'all, ain't gonna say, I'm not going to say people, y'all, you all. I had that strange look at me like, I realized then that I need to go get me a sneaker. Okay? I need to go get myself together. I can't keep doing this every Sunday and expect you to accept me. You, you don't hear me, do you? Okay, the way I benefit is I talk about me so that you can see you. Okay? So instead of me saying you, I'm saying me. So everybody ain't going to deal with you every Sunday when you come in here because you didn't get a chance to sit where you wanted to see, be seated. That all through service, you look like you got a bunch of lemons that you, you bite on. People hate to look back there at you because you that's You can't get into worship. You can't do it. And, and you don't know who you're affecting in the church. Love and fellowship, and you looking like, you, like they smell. That, that ain't right. At some point, trick your emotions to put a smile on your face so that people can receive what God's trying to do through you. Some of you don't realize that God is behind some of the things that are going on in your life that you're bitter about. You mad, but God puts you in that position because he has a plan for your life. And you're upset because things are not going the way you want to, want to go or you're not hooked up with who you want to be hooked up with. Sometimes God hooked you up with some people just like you to show you you. And you can't stand them. You don't like them. But they just like you. Some of y'all children get on your last nerve. Where do you think they got it from? There's a little of you in their DNA. Mm -hmm. Some people are just marked by their fruits. When I look at my kids, I'm like, boy, that's Miss King all day long. She, I know she was looking for a good catch when she got me. I knew that, so I'm okay with that. So I know, you know, I know I, I got the mic now. So I know that. But the truth is that our kids have the best of our DNA, and they also get the worst of us. And that's why we need to be praying for them. What I want you to understand is that there are people in your life, their fruits are not what they should be. And I know the Bible says that by their fruits you should know them. But I'm asking you to to slow down and let the love of God help you to understand that person, to get past their fruit and look at their roots. Because once you find out why a person ticks, 
what's going on, what hurt, what they've been through, it makes you a little bit more compassionate with them, and your emotions can be in a little bit better position to be controlled. If somebody come up and cuss you out and call you all kinds, that means they have a problem. So what would it look like for you to go right back at them? Now, both of y'all have a problem. Two, right, two wrongs does not make it right. At some point, somebody has to have some agape enough that I can understand there's something going on in your roots that has caused you to produce these type of fruits. So when people come to church and they're hurting, there may be some root problem rather than a fruit problem. As a matter of fact, the fruit ought to be on you. So when those roots come in there, they can take part of some nourishment, something that's going to help them realize that I can change. Some of y'all in here right now, you used to be hell in high water. And somebody come to church and they see you and they see what God is doing in your life, then they get hope. God will send them in here to show them you because he's working on you. When you're sitting under this word, this word is going into you to change you. So you ought to forsake not the assembly of yourselves together, but be here so that that word can go in you so that it can help you to change. I'm going to tell you the truth. Y'all don't have it together. You're a work in progress. Amen? You're still in the game. And he's coaching you along the way. I'm telling you there's some things that's going on that's bigger than you that you don't know about that God is doing in your life. I'm going to show you somebody here in the Bible. And I hope it's not you, but I'm going to ask you the question so that we can move forward into helping you getting it together. This was Jesus talking. He, he, he didn't get his guy's name, but he, he did tell you about him. And this comes from John chapter 5, verse 1. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holidays. Inside the city near the sheep gate was a pool of Bethesda. Five covered porches. This was a big place. Crowds of all sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men laying there had been sick there for how long? 38 years. 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? Come on, Jesus. You're tripping. I've been in this position for 38 years, and you're going to ask me, would I like to get well? Some of y'all have been having these emotional issues for all this time, and you've been coming to church day in and day out. Sundays and Wednesdays, and you still have the same issue. And God wants to know, do you really want to get well? Sometimes, people, we can carry ourselves so far, so long, that we get used to us, and we expect everybody else to get used to us so that we don't have to change. Uh -huh. see, see, do you really want to get well, or you just want people to deal with you? You hurt, you bitter, you've been that way for so long, and you now got accustomed to being bitter. You just like being bitter. My wife tell me all the time, well, we're just waiting because we know you're going to start shouting. I'm like, what? Have I ever won a day without fussing? No, come on. 
Man, I'm not asking you nothing else. I'm going to ask somebody that know me better. And look, I really be trying. I get up in the morning and say, you know what, I do my confessions, and I tell God everything about who I am, who he created me to be, and my mindset is I'm not going to let them get to me. And they won't even get up out the doggone bed. Yeah, baby. <laughs> won't even get out the bed. So I can say, Joy, Janae, get up. You know, I mean, today you got, everybody got cell phones, you got alarm clocks. Well, why do I have to wake you up? So there, you, you're testing me now, see. You, you land in there, and you want, you, you being what my, my mom called trifling, you're so trifling, you won't even set the alarm clock. So you're going to wait on me to come in there, and I try, my wife can do it like this. She can say, y'all, get up. And they fine. But they don't hear me. They wait on me to go there before they act. Now, I can't blame them because I got to look at me. I go back and look at me and say, you know what? I trained them that way. I trained them to obey me when I fuss at them, when I get mad. Because I used to talk with my volume all the way up to here. I never would turn my volume down. Come on and get in the car. Let's go. Did I tell you I clean the room up? Come on, let's eat. Who wants to come and eat with me? It's the stuff that got inside of me that that's the way I am that I've got to change before it's too late. Some of y'all say it, and you better not say it no more. You know, he fuss all the time. It's just something that got in me that has scarred me, and I don't know where it came from. I tried to blame it on my mama, but I got the word now. I know about breaking generational curses. So it goes back on me. I've got to get myself together. See, you got to stop blaming everybody else for your emotional breakdown. It's not your husband. It's not your wife. It's you. Just because things get out of your control does not mean that you have to go there. Do you realize how out of control this world is? Do you see God coming out here and slapping people over and kicking things over? No. He's still being God. And we were created in his image, and he wants us to learn how to handle and control our emotions. When you and your husband, look, I told you last week ago, we were wired differently. Men are wired to stay straight, to go straight. Women are wired to go around everything. You know, when you're talking to them, they're going, and, and, and you going straight, so you just go straight into the problem and try to solve it. She don't want you to solve it. Because at this time, she loves going around it. She just wants you to listen. And here you are, because you're wired different, you want to answer. And you answer midway, which interrupts her flight. And now she's mad because you don't never listen. Because you're thinking that you got to answer. Men learn how you were designed. You were designed to be quiet, to listen. 
Now watch this. Your wife was wired the opposite way. Or your mate. She wants to talk. She wants to get it out. She wants to tell you what's going on. And because you've been wired to listen, she's been wired to talk. You called it nagging, and she called you crazy. So what we've got to do is learn how we were wired so that we can work together. I've got to learn to listen because when we want, what we do is that we listen the wrong way. When we get home after a hard day, we want to get the remote control, watch the game, and do this. I wonder what they did before TV was ever created. I wonder what was a home like before all these distractions came in where you could now focus on. At some point, I owe it to my wife to sit there and listen. And I've tried it. And, brother, I know I'm challenging you guys. I know that. But I'm trying to get your emotional house back in order. I sat there. My wife be in the kitchen cooking. I sit at the table, and I try to talk to her. And my mind been went three or four different ways. And I was still saying, yeah. And she asked me what I just say. I'm lost. I don't mean no harm, but I'm trying to practice what I've been messing up on all these years. I want peace in my house. So I've got to learn how to listen to my wife, even though she's going around and around, and she's telling me about this person. She'll jump off of that person. She's telling me about her grocery store experience. She's telling me about this. She's telling me about what the kids called and said and what this, this. And I'm like, really? I just want to be quiet. So what I've got to learn to do is get my emotion together on my way to the house so I can say, okay, we're going to listen. Our plan is to get to the house and listen. Y'all hear me? You ain't got to answer nothing. You weren't designed to answer it. I'm telling you how we were wired. He wired us this way. When you got that remote control in your hand, you don't want nobody talking to you. You don't want to, that's the way you was wired. You're comfortable there. You're comfortable. But she's comfortable when she's talking. So what we got to do is learn how to work together. She's going to talk, even if it's on high volume, because you won't listen. Or she'll talk on low volume where you are listening and you have her, she has your undivided attention. All right, let me move on because I'm trying to get to a point. Well, Pastor, how do I know I need to be healed? These are some signs of some damaged emotions. Are you compelled to tell others your side of the story? I tell my wife all the time, when you're counseling people, baby, listen to me good. Do not make a decision because you heard what she said. Wait and hear what he has to say. I messed up so many times in counseling people because I heard one side of the story. Whoever got to me first knew that I was emotional. And they told me a good story. And I was on their side. And I was mad by the time I got to the next person. And then when I tried to humble myself and listen to what they were saying, I was mad at them because they didn't tell me the whole truth. So now i got issues on both sides. I'm mad at you because you didn't tell me the truth. And then I'm mad right here because, guess what? You should have told me the truth. The problem is, is that being, knowing me, I should have just waited until I got the whole story, the whole truth of the matter. When people start telling you stuff, 
slow your roll because they can make you hate or hurt somebody else because they're only telling you what's going to make them look good. All right. Now, do you feel that you can no longer trust that person? When you start getting to the point that, I don't know if I can trust you, there's been some damage in there. There's some hurt. Okay? And you're going to have to look into that hurt. Are you constantly rehearsing the hurt in your mind? I don't believe you did that. That doesn't make no sense to me. I don't understand you. You're rehearsing it. Those are some damages that has taken place inside of you. And the worst scars are those that are hidden under the surface. Do you have a desire to avoid that person? They come to church. I'm talking about church folk. They come to church, and you usher saying, sit over here, and you see them. You go all the way to the other side of the church. You want to avoid them if at all possible. Don't even sit me on the same row. Mm-hmm. I can tell my husband and wife be having problems. They used to come to church together. They sit on the same row. But all of a sudden now, one wants to sit over here, one wants to sit over there. Can I serve today? Because you don't want to sit beside them. By right, we're supposed to be able to drop all our mess before we come through the door. Anyway, that's another story. All right, let me take you farther because I want to show you some stuff now that's going to get a little bit deeper into where we're going. It's unfortunate that many are damaged by a what? Offense. And the offense is the thing that can hold you captive. It can hold you captive. That's what offense does. It keeps things locked in. It can affect your relationship with God and what God's trying to do with you. This is what Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says. Do all you can to live at peace with everyone. Did you hear what God told you? Did you hear this? He said, do all you can to live at peace with that person. Some of you all right now got some people that you don't like and that you don't want to be around. It could be your wife, your ex-wife, your husband, your ex-husband. It could be your friend, your friend, whoever. You don't like being, you don't want to be around them. God said, no, that ain't what I, how I want you to handle this. I want you to learn to be at peace with them. Just because you, you don't like them and you don't want them around, that does not mean you have to be ugly and mean. You might even be going through a divorce. That does not mean you have to be mean to that person. You just want to be mean. You want them to hurt. You want to, and that ain't God. And you can't get over it, and things are not going to go right for you because you know better. You want them to hurt because you feel some hurt, and that ain't God. You've been damaged by the issue or the situation, and some of y'all can't move forward because you won't let go. Forgiveness is the beginning of your healing. And if you can't forgive, you can't begin the process. Why is God telling you this? To try to live at peace with everyone? Because you don't know where your help is coming from. All my help comes from the Lord. Yeah, but he ain't coming down here on a cloud. He's going to send somebody else your way. And it could be that person that you don't like. There's got to be some reason why you don't like them. It could be that's the person that God has sent to help you. But you don't see it and you don't like it, so therefore you feel like you don't have to accept it. And that person could be bringing the peace that you've been fighting for all these 38 years. Do you want to be healed? 
Next. God wants you to let go. I mean, God wants you to try to get along with everybody. It may, it may take everything that's in you, but it's something that God has required. Psalm 55, verse 12 and 14 says this. If it was an enemy who taunts me, I could bear that. If it was my foe who arrogantly insulted me, I could have hidden from them. Instead, it was you, my equal, my companion, my mate, my husband, my wife. It was you. If it had been anybody else, but you were the closest, my church. If it had been an enemy, I could have dealt with that. An enemy could have talked about me, and I could have gotten over it. Somebody who, who, who always insult me, I could have gotten past that. But my church, my husband, my wife, you, I didn't expect that. So now I'm hurt. What good fellowship we once enjoyed as we walked to the house of God. Church. Ain't no hurt like hurt church. How many of y'all been hurt by the church? Ooh. I'm going to ask you a question. The whole church hurt you? Uh-huh. No, the pastor hurt me. No, that member hurt me. Well, they were, they were one, but you blame the whole church. Do you know who's connected to the church? Christ is. So before you leave the church hurt, let's first think about what Christ has said. They might have hurt me because I was hurt before I came there. It might be the reason why I was there because, you know what, everybody here at Repairs of the Breach, you've either been sent here or you've been delivered here. You're sent here to help somebody else get repaired or you've been delivered here to get repaired. I'll get back with that one later. The most vicious cases that I've seen, and I've watched a lot of cases, and I've heard some lot of things, but the worst ones have been from divorce court. People going through divorce, police just know when they come to a, a, a scene, and if it's a domestic scene, they know now they need to get some backup. They need to be very cautious on how they go into that because a lot of police have been killed because of divorce fights. Domestic violence. They go in and break it up, and then they end up getting killed. Mm -hmm. The point is, the closer you become to, uh, the closer you become, the higher the expectations, the greater the fall. When you get to a point where you let your guard down, because I, I, I don't expect for Miss King to hurt me. I married her. She's my wife. She is my helpmate. She's the closest one to me. But if she does something wrong, if she goes outside of the marriage, 
oh, I'll be so hurt. I'll be devastated. Why? Because I let her in. I open up and let my guard down. Some of you all have the same feeling when you come to church. You finally got you a church, and you let your guard down. And you don't expect to get hurt because this is the church. But then because you've got some damaged emotions, when somebody touch you or hurt you or say something that you don't like, it becomes a whole church. Why is the whole church? Because I came to the church and let my guard down. I opened myself up to everybody, and I found somebody who didn't like me. Could have been the pastor. It could have been the first lady. It could have been the health minister pastor. It could have been an usher who told you to sit right here. Ain't nobody going to tell me where to sit. This is God's house. And you're damaged. You walk straight down the middle of the aisle. You know the usher said, don't walk. It's open. Mm -hmm. There's a person named Joseph that I'm going to show you about now. And I looked up, I looked up a story, and I went to God Questions, and they had the whole story laid out so beautifully. So I said, I'm not going to change it. I'm just going to read it to you so you can see what's happening. This guy really didn't know what was going on in his life. He was really too young to even really understand it. But God had a greater plan for his life. And if you at any point in his life saw what he was going through, you would have been damaged, you would have been hurt, you would have been an emotional wreck. But this boy was anointed. Some of you all are anointed, but God can't take you to the next step because you're fussing, you're complaining, you're not going through with the right attitude, and God can't move you no farther. Let's look at Joseph. And everybody, I'm going to tell you whose story. Joseph was the second youngest of 12 brothers born to Jacob. Most of you all heard this story who was called, Jacob was also called Israel. In Genesis chapter 37, 33 through 4, you can go read about that. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, and that causes jealousy to take place. Because he had been born to him in his old age, he made him an ornate robe for him. His brothers saw that a father loved him more than, he, than any of them. They what, hated him and could not Speak a kind word to him. Damaged. Damaged by this boy because his father loved him more. His father was going through some stuff. He had these, these, these kids, but now he got one surprisingly in his old age, and he's excited about it. He didn't think he could do it no more. So whatever the reason was, he's happy about it. They sad. You know, you, you get the miracles from God, everybody's not going to be happy with your miracle. Mm-hmm. And so these brothers who were close to him hated him for it. Couldn't even say nothing nice about it. The same passage also discusses the two dreams that Joseph had that angered his brothers. The dream indicated that his brothers would someday bow to him. Not only do my daddy like you, but you dreaming, you telling me God said, I've got to bow down to you. Not only am I damaged, but now I'm scarred. Joseph's brothers also despise him due to the father's overt favoritism towards him. You're showing him too much favor. Some kids will look at how you treat your other kids 
and they're going to get upset because they think that you're giving them more favor. They ain't looking at what all they got. Come on, boys. Y'all living in the same house. Y'all blessed just like Joseph is, but you can't see your blessing because you're looking at what I did for Joseph. You don't even know what Joseph means to you, but guess what? There's a type of love that I have for Joseph that I've got for a type of love for you and you and you that you're not looking at. So some kids out there, they may be jealous because of the fact you do more for her than you do for me. But you love them both. Watch this. One day Joseph traveled to check on his brothers. While they were there watching their sheep, you see Joseph cares for them, but they don't care for him. Are you seeing this? There's sometimes you might be trying to help people, but people don't want your help. They don't even like you. And you don't even realize it. And here you are trying to serve them, trying to tell them what it said. No, I'm going to sit on this side of church because I don't like you, and I ain't coming to your side. Any little issue the devil would use to try to keep you in bondage. His brother plotted against him, threw in an empty well, and later sold him as a slave to some of the traveling Midianites. Sold a brother as a slave. How low down can you be? Applying animal's blood to his ornate robe, the same robe your daddy gave me, now I'm going to put some animal blood on it. They returned home and made Jacob believe that his son had been killed by wild animals. These are some brothers. You know, when I was looking at this and I was ministering, I started just trying to all that to church folks. Just to get you to understand what goes on in some churches. I don't care how much of a pastor I may be, but there are some folks in here who are going to still be them. And you've got to learn that they're your brothers. And they don't mean no, no harm, but, but God sent you here for a purpose. God's allowing this stuff to go on in your life because of the bigger picture. And they might not like it because God has favor on your life, but you've got to learn how to take it. You can't run to every place. You can't run all the time. What was I at? In the meantime, Joseph was taken to Egypt and sold again to the captains of the guard, Potiphar, as a, as a household slave. Joseph was later falsely accused of attempting rape of Potiphar's wife and thrown into prison. He's going from one situation to the worst, and he ain't did nothing. All because he was favored by his daddy. All because he was favored by his daddy. Some of you all have favor on your life, and that's why people don't like you. It ain't you. It's them. They've been damaged. While in prison, Joseph accurately interpreted. See, he was in prison, but the anointing hadn't stopped flowing. You might be at FedEx, but the anointing still supposed to flow. You might be at UPS, the anointing still supposed to flow. You might be in the armed forces, the anointing still supposed to flow. You got to keep your attitude right. You don't see the whole picture, so don't get your emotions out of whack so that that'll stop. Because what the devil's trying to do is get you to stop and get out of the anointing position. Because he want to destroy you and destroy what God has planned in your life. While Joseph was in prison, he accurately interpreted the dreams of two of, the, of, 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 two of, the, of Pharaoh's servants who were also incarcerated. <laughs> My bad. Later, Pharaoh had a disturbing dream no one could interpret. One of the servants, Joseph, had previously helped them 
suggests to Pharaoh that Joseph could interpret the dream. Joseph was, su- was summoned from, the, from prison, and he interpreted Pharaoh's dream as such a powerful way that he was appointed second in command of Egypt. You don't see what's happening, do you? This boy been wrongly accused, been hated, somebody else been damaged, but he got to pay for it. But he humbled himself and trusting God going through the process that God began to elevate him. Now he's second in command of Egypt. Everybody don't know what God is doing in your life. Sometimes you don't know. So is this person worth me getting my emotions all bent out of shape because God is doing something in my life? Let me show you something else. Pharaoh's dream predicted seven years of famine. During the famine, Joseph's older brother came to Egypt to buy food. They did not recognize Joseph. Now, 20 years older, Joseph had a long time to think about all the hell that he had went through with those brothers. But now he's second in command. All that stuff has been forgiven. And he treated them harshly, pretending he treated them harshly because he was pretending that he, uh, that he thought that they were spies. Joseph kept one of the brothers in prison until the other brought their youngest brother, Benjamin, back to Egypt to prove that they were not spies. They brought Joseph with them on a return trip. After the, after the series of twists that included his brothers bowing down before him in the fulfillment of Joseph's dream of long ago, Joseph realized, revealed to his brothers, to him, revealed himself to his brothers, they were shocked. Yet, they so were glad to be reunited. Joseph sent word for the entire family to join them in Egypt after the famine had gone. What does that story have to do with my emotions? Everything. Everything. It ain't what you go through, people. It's how you go through it. Who knows if God is setting you up for something big? You fussing and you complain because you married to him and you married to her. God may be bringing a birth child, a special child through your loins. You complain about because you're on this job or you're on that job. Why don't you realize that God may have sent you there because somebody there needs you. Somebody there needs you. Watch this. I'm going to show you this. Later when their father, Jacob, died, Joseph's brother feared that Joseph would take them revenge against them for their prior treatment of him. When he had a chance to get back, he did. They came to Joseph and begged him, begged for his forgiveness, appealing to a request that their father be made before he died. Joseph went, Joseph wept when he had heard their appeal. Revenge was the last thing on his mind. Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. I'm in the place of God. The only thing that's going to heal your emotions is that you've got to get to the place of God. You've got to get to a point where you are okay with God, that you and God ain't fighting about this stuff. Some of y'all still fighting about your past because you mad at God about what went on in your past. Some of you can't be accepting to this wife because you're mad at the old wife. Some of you can't enjoy this husband because that one was so mean to you. You hadn't found your place in God. You're going to keep running. You're going to keep fighting because you hadn't found your place in God. 
Joseph said this. You intended to harm me, but God intended for my good to accomplish what is now being done to save a many lives. Psalm 105, verse 17. Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. When you go back and read that whole chapter in Psalms 105, a lot of things had happened. But God saw somebody that he could send ahead of his brothers because he knew they were going to go. It was the preserving of a nation that he sent them on ahead. He sent Joseph ahead. Couldn't he send him in a chariot? Couldn't he just had a, had a, had a, had somebody come and escort him? I don't know how God sent you here. But the plan is bigger than you. It ain't even about you. It's about God trying to establish a place where hurting people can come to and be healed. I started to change the name of the church. Because everybody was coming here was hurt. Repairs of the breach. God, you said all these people that need to be repaired. He said, that's the name. So God's not going to give us a name and not going to send us support. Some of you all are the people that God is sending here to help get people together, but you're so bent on hurt and pain that you can't see what God is doing in your life. And now you're hooked up with some brothers and sisters that you think don't mean you no good, but God is trying to get the best out of you. So, yeah, you're in a position. Yeah, you're right beside them. Yeah, you don't like them. But is that stopping God's plan for your life? No, God's not. It's not stopping God's plan. It's stopping you. You're still on the trip. You're just not enjoying it. Watch this. This is the last script I'm giving. Why did God send you here to repairs or the breach? Could it be that he sent you ahead of your brothers and sisters? That there's some more coming along that he has to equip you and get you ready to do the work of the ministry? Could it be that's why you're having so many problems in your life right now? Because you're finally getting where he wants you to be, and he, the devil ain't happy, so he's trying to get you to uproot and move yourself. Oh, the Lord told me. But when you came here, you told me the Lord told you to come here. Now he told you to leave. God has some emotional issues, doesn't he? He can't make his mind up. The truth is, baby, when you're coming here, I can't guarantee you that you're not going to get your feelings hurt. But I can guarantee you we're going to still try to love you through the process. You might get hurt, but that might be a spot that's been getting hurt for years and years and years and years. And you've been running from church to church to church, and you blame it on the whole church when it's you. You go to the doctor, and you get mad at the doctor because he touched your sore spot. Why you come? You're going to the doctor to get healed, and he has to probe because you're not going to tell him where you hurt. You come through those doors. You don't tell him. You look 
fine. You look good. You look great. We don't know you hurt. I don't know the last pastor said good morning to you and made you mad. And the first thing I said was good morning. Now you're mad at me. That's the church. You should have told me. I don't like for nobody to say good morning to me, pastor. Okay. Then I would have said, how you do? I can avoid it, but I got to know it. You expect me to just know it. You prophetic. No, you pathetic. I'm sorry. I'm going there. I'm, I'm my bad. I'm sorry. Take that word back. I take it back. All right. Okay. Could it be that he is positioning you for greater? Could it be that God has a church that, you know what? The anointing is on my life to break up fights. I told you all that a long time ago. All my life, all I did was break up fights. I didn't like to see nobody fight. So I always get in the middle of be trying to be the peacemaker. And now I see why he called us repairers of the breach. That same anointing that wanted to be a peacemaker, that didn't want nobody to be mad at nobody, is the same thing. So when you come here, I don't want you mad, especially at me and nobody else. So I go all out of my way to try to make sure you're happy. And sometimes going out of my way to keep you from being upset, I make you upset. Because all I'm trying to do is push you into your calling, into your ministry, trying to equip you to do what God called you to do. But I didn't know you was hurt. I didn't know you had that issue. All I saw was what God wanted in your life. Could it be that he has anointed you for the repair? Could it be that God sent you here because he's anointed you to help the youth, to help the children? to help some adults? Could it be that that's why he sent you here? Could it be somebody just like you who've been through some of the stuff that you've been through going to show up through those doors and they're going to be able to depend on you to walk them through? Can you use your testimony of what you've been through to help them to come on through and get it together? This place ain't just about you. It's bigger than you. I don't want just an average, everyday ministry. I want a ministry where people are going to be changed. And I've got to give people a chance and opportunity to change. Could it be that he appointed you for this season? You know what? I know y'all think I'm emotional, and I may be a wreck with myself, and I may chase rabbits, and I may do this, but what do you do? What's your issue? I put mine on front row center so you can see. Yeah, pastor got issues. And you do too. Mm-hmm. You do too. Now I can tell you what my, my issues are not. I'm not running women. I'm definitely not gay. I'm not running folks out there. I'm not doing that. I might not do this. I ain't going to do that. I might try this and try that, but sometimes I ain't never tried. Don't get it twisted. All right? I ain't going to try it. I'm too old to try. I don't want to try. All right, let me lead up with the law. Let me bag out. <laughs> Woo! Come on, let me get out of that one. Come on. Uh, all right, back here. All right, last point. Could it be that he knows you need repairing? 
And he got somebody like me who's going to tell you the truth. Listen to me, people. Understand me. I sometimes don't know what I'm telling you. I'm just saying it, and it comes over, and I don't even realize I hurt you. Don't charge it to my heart. Charge it to my head because I can talk and not hear myself think. Okay, Jermaine, you all right? Most people know me. I, I'm more of a salesman. I can, I can, you can be telling me, I can talk you into it right there. But that could be my downfall because you might not want to buy this car and I don't talk you into getting it. Now you're mad at me because I saw something in you. All I'm saying, let's do like Joseph. Let's wait and see what the end of the story is going to be. Let's find your place in God before you make a decision about me. Let's get where you're supposed to be, and then you make your decision. If, the, if it was worth going through the prison, if it was worth going, getting put in the jail, if it was worth getting put in dungeon. You, before you make that decision, let's find your place first. Let's get where he wants you to be, and then we'll look back on things, and we'll see, was it worth it? This thing is bigger than me, people. It ain't about me. And there's a good chance that the way I am, I might hurt you. Baby, have I hurt you before? Just a couple times, that's good. Then. good. You're trying to be modest now since you messed up a while ago. If I hurt this woman who is the closest to me, chances are I might hurt you. Is it my intention to hurt you? She know me. And she know it wasn't my intentions to hurt her. But because of my damaged emotions, stuff that I came up through, I may have been doing what I saw my mama did or my daddy did or some of my brother and sister did, but it ended up hurting her, but it wasn't my intentions to hurt her. Some of y'all can't get over a relationship because y'all still holding that person. If that person knew how bad and how much damage he was going to do to you, they never would have done it. If they knew that what they did was going to mess you up for 38 years, and they wouldn't have done it. They wouldn't have hurt you like that. They wouldn't have walked out on you and left you with the kids. They wouldn't have, if they knew how bad it was going to scar you and the kids, they wouldn't have done it. People are not just out to get you. Sometimes we get caught up in our own selfishness, and we hurt you and we damage you, but that's not the intent. So with everything that's being said and done, Let's find our place in God. And the first place we want to do today and approach today is forgiveness. I want you today to be able to forgive anybody, and especially the church, that have hurt you. Stand on your feet. Thank you for listening to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.com. If you'd like to be a blessing to us, please visit the website and select the donations link. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.